we're surrounded by purple, purple walls, purple drapes. Yeah, we should create a YouTube video so people can see where we podcast. You know, that would be a good idea because I feel like I'm sitting inside a grape sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it does feel grapey in here, but I'm sure your friends on Larry's List would love it. We need a grape painting. <laughs> And here we are celebrating what people love to do creatively. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Rope Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we are available virtually anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yes. And no matter what you do creatively, this is the podcast for you. Okay, Angie, what are we discussing today? Well, today we're going to be speaking with Giovanna Bonomo, who is one of those lucky people that is truly in tune with her life. And we discuss her book, Lost and Found in Italy. Yes, I think she's very spiritual. Yeah. And she has an amazing way of manifesting the it's good things. Manifesting, darling. Manifesting. <laughs> I, thank you. I always say that wrong. You so too. She has an amazing way of manifesting. No. <laughs> manifesting. <laughs> manifesting the good things in her life uh, and for others. She's yes. really helpful to other people. She is. But first, now that I know, well, kind of know how to say that word. Um, how about your quote, Angie? Okay. I have to say this about our guest. She just makes you feel good inside just listening to her. And you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, okay. Um, our quote this week, actually, I have two quotes. Um, the first one is, you have two hands, one to help yourself and the second to help others. And that quote is by Audrey Hepburn. And the second one, second one is Buddha. And he says, if you light a lamp for someone else, it will also brighten your path. A double hitter. <laughs> And they're both really good. And what's really interesting yeah. is they were stated uh, centuries apart from that Buddha is, You know to what? Audrey That's Hepburn. a really good point. Yeah. And, and they both kind of were on the same track. They are. They are. And, you know, when you help someone else, you not only are helping them and you're putting out positive energy, but it's also a learning experience for you. Like you're, you're, you're moving further down your path of evolving as a human. So that's. That's a really a double hitter, as you said, on, well, on that front. Yeah, and all teachers, they usually say, I learn so much from my students. When I teach them, I learn back from them. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you a better person. But helping other people achieve their goals. I mean, there's a saying that if you want to become successful in life, help other people become successful in theirs. And I really believe that. I think it, it really does mm -hmm. make a lot of sense. I mean, we've practiced it in yeah, uh, But I think greater than that is the reward mm -hmm. that you feel inside when you've helped somebody else, especially when they're kind enough to thank you for it. Oh, absolutely. But now I want to go on to our next segment, which is Rod's Motivational Moment. What do you have for us today, Rod? Well, I'm going to be paraphrasing this from others that have shared similar thoughts and mm -hmm. probably did a bit of a better job. But my thought here um, is if you want your dreams to succeed, then help others achieve theirs. True on that. Anytime you can spread the positivity and the forward momentum and just being in sync with, you know, the goodness uh, of, of life and your spirituality, I think that is the best way to go. Well, there, you know, there's that thing, I think there's a book written about it, right? Mm -hmm. Pay yeah. it forward. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, people stand or they go through a drive through to pick up a cup of coffee and then they pay for the person behind them. And then what they've discovered is sometimes people keep paying it forward or back, however mm -hmm. you want to look at yeah. it. Um, and there'll be 20 or 30 people in that line that never paid for their coffee, but they paid for the person's coffee behind them. I think when you hear that story, it just makes everybody feel good. It's Yeah, that's when you have, you're filling someone else uh, with a lot of positivity and um, just a good feeling that someone else cares out there for you. 
yeah. just for that moment. And I think that's important to do that to one another and I suspect, in little ways is yeah, good. Sure. I suspect those people all day long feel good about her. They go to the office and say, hey, you'll never guess what happened. You know, 20 right. some people paid for everybody's coffee and we all had such a good time uh, doing it. And another thing I might say, and this is kind of important for everybody. When mm-hmm. you go in the store and you're picking up uh, food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you notice there's people that are outside of that store hanging around and they're hungry. You got to be safe about this, but it's always a good idea to bring a little extra something out of that store and hand it to them. Yeah, like food or, um, you know, a drink or something. Yeah. But be yeah, careful. you do have to be really careful and don't put yourself in a bad position. But since our guest has written a book. Yeah. And I know the power of the written word. Um, writing has been, been around for centuries. And that's something that helps convey so many emotions and experiences and knowledge. And pass down information. Mm-hmm. Because in the very, before writing, uh, there was people like the Egyptians who painted pictures to tell stories and uh and, and we're then, doing it now with emojis yeah so it hasn't changed much <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah it's so true and emoji actually speaks a lot it does you could tell really somebody does. you like them and you could tell somebody you stink <laughs> true the oral histories too yeah you know people have uh there's been the various tribes around the t- world that mm-hmm. have kept their histories Uh, by telling stories to the younger people and they would rehearse them and memorize them and then they would tell them to the next uh, person that came along. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But writing is, uh, is everything. It is. And then, and uh, yeah, and I was going to say at no point in history, mm -hmm. no point in the history of man, literally has man had such access to knowledge, True, you know, both good and not so good, but uh, it's pretty much easy access for anyone that wants to learn something or mm-hmm. find out more about any particular topic or subject. Well, you know what? It's kind of like if you deep, if you have a spiritual connection, I think it's the same thing where you can draw down knowledge. You can draw down um, an answer to a, a question that you have or, you know, a dilemma. You're, you're like praying about it or, you know, meditating on it. And, and I think you, you, Nine times out of ten, we'll get an answer if you are receptive. Well, it used to be you had to go to a library, thumb through, what was it called, the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember that. To find a book that uh, was going to tell you how to build a kite. Um, Now that information is readily available on the Internet, which is kind of cool because now you can sit in the comfort of your own home, learn how to build a kite, and, and you could do it. Rather quickly, instead of having to go search for books. Well, it's so much easier. And also, you can tune into the good side of the Internet and be constructive, learn, and and do things that are positive for you. Or you can, you know, well, yeah, of well, course, find the negative if yeah, you want. Well, they, they call it the dark Internet, and it can be pretty doggone dark. Yeah, I guess so. Well, actually, you know, one of the things that we did with the Internet um, is when I had to fix our dishwasher... Oh, yeah. Thank you, YouTube, for that one, because it, they really were, it was helpful and we didn't have to call out and we got it done very quickly. And yeah, it was it, easy. It was interesting to me. Not that I, I mean, I did know the safety aspects of this, but it was pretty interesting to me how the person who was sharing that YouTube video not only talked about how to do it, but he also pointed out that you want to be careful of this. You want to be careful of that. Yeah, they were very it, instructive, it was very, very helpful, very instructive. But, you know, I'm going to go back to the spiritual side a little bit here. It's amazing to me how so few people actually tune into the spiritual side of their soul. Yeah, you know, to me, it's that still small voice inside that, that I try to listen to, and I don't always do a good job of it, but that still small voice inside of us will warn us of danger. It will let you know uh, if there's a toxic person standing in front of you to kind of back off or or you're going to some place that you really should not be. Or it also tells you how to make a good decision in business or good decisions in life. Right. So true. Well, I think this would be a good time for us to bring... No, wait. I have one more thing I want to say. Oh, okay. I want to say something that my dad told me. 
What did he say? When I was going into the Navy, he told me, he said, the people that get in trouble are at the wrong place at the right time. Oh, gosh. And, yeah. and I, I heeded that advice. I thought that was very good advice. And, and it is, it seems like when people get in trouble, they are uh, at the wrong place. And it's if true. you listen to that small, still voice inside, mm-hmm. it can save you from a lot of embarrassment and problems that you might incur in life. And I practiced it and my fellow shipmates practice it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a real benefit to our security and coming through the service basically okay yeah well i could see that i could see that so um are we ready to talk to our guest Giovanna Bonomo? I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this I, i'm excited she's a, a wonderful lady and i think you guys are all going to enjoy it so listen in Giovanna, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. We've been really looking forward to chatting with you today. Hi, Giovanna. It's so good to have you with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's awesome to connect with you from Italy to California. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. Thank Isn't you. Amazing? Waves to you from California. <laughs> yeah. In our morning and your early evening. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we were introduced to you by the very talented artist, Linda Winter, who I actually met on LinkedIn. And I'm really yeah. glad she introduced us to you. Yes, I'm very grateful. She's awesome. Yes, she is. Okay, so we've been looking forward to having you on the guest as a guest on our podcast, but we always ask this question of our guests before we move on to our interview. Um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Black coffee with a pizzico of cinnamon. Do you know what a pizzico is? No. It sounds good, whatever it is. I know, but I I hope we have that for breakfast tomorrow. Yeah, can we have it tomorrow, (laughs) right? No, it's just a pinch of cinnamon. Just everything sounds so much better in Italian. I I think you're right. It really does. (laughs) (laughs) Just black coffee. Oh, black nice. coffee with a dash of cinnamon. That's it. That as sounds... much as I love Italian breakfast, I, I can't create on uh, on a full stomach. So yeah, yeah. That depends that's a lot it. of people for that's sure. So true. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. before we discuss your book, tell us where you are originally from, because we know you live in Italy right now. Yes, so I'm in the province of Viterbo, which is um, one of the northerly provinces of Lazio that borders Tuscany. And Umbria, but I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Grimsby, Ontario, which is a very small town uh, between Niagara Falls and Toronto. Oh, that's a big change in in weather and just the whole vibe, really. Yeah, totally. Yeah, how did you end up in going to Italy then? Well, I mean, I think we have to go back to my roots. So my mother is Italian Canadian. She was born in Canada, and my father immigrated to Italy in the 60s. But uh, unlike many Italians who immigrated to Canada at that time, he renounced his Italian citizenship Mm. because he thought that uh, the future was Canada, that his future kids would want to stay in Canada. And that, you know, he never knew that one day he'd have a daughter who would grow up to reclaim her heritage and move back here. And that's what happened. Wow. That's so interesting. It seemed to work out for you quite well. It did. But I had, to, I had to fight for it. I had to fight a lot and um, face many giants. But when you want something bad enough, you know that you're going to face that and you're going to do whatever you can to to make it sure. happen. Right. And also destiny, I think, for you, uh, the evolution yeah. of your destiny was coming to pass there, too. Yeah, absolutely. You, you obviously are in a good place, a place that you belong to be in. And absolutely. And getting talking about your creative the creativity that you do, um, how has creativity impacted your life personally and has it impacted those around you? Like your family, Um, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if we look at where creativity um, comes from, I think we're all creative. Life is creative. It's all a creative force. And each one of us has that in us. And for me, it took being um, heavily bullied uh, early on in life in order Mm -hmm. for that to come out. I mean, it's almost like a pressing process. Like you would press an olive and turn it into olive oil. The creative process for me comes from a lot of pressure. And the creativity would just, um, my imagination would take over. And for me, that's in writing. And um, by believing in what I was able to see in my mind and pursuing that, 
even though I had to do endure ridicule from those around me, even those in my immediate circle who thought I was maybe a little bit loopy, um, by persevering through my creativity, through imagination, um, it's given them a new perspective that maybe perhaps what we can't see is possible. And I owe everything to that creative mind that we all have and that I call God. Yeah, and the pressure from other people saying you can't do something more often than not motivation. makes you, really makes yeah, you motivation. motivated. I mean, you can talk about some really famous uh, artists, really famous composers mm-hmm. who all had parents that were trying to convince them that they should do something else, but they persevered because they believed in themselves so much. I mean, that's what Absolutely. our podcast is all about. And what you shared, you just articulated it uh, so, well. so well. And And we really appreciate you coming from that perspective because a lot of times people go through rough periods of their life and that's the catalyst to making them creative. Right on, right on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there was one point, and I talk about this, and we'll talk about the book in a bit, where um, when I was growing up, it was just reaching a point where the bullying got so bad. And then um, I had read somewhere in in, uh, in an encyclopedia, I read that that, um, the most precious diamonds are the ones that are found deep, deep, deep underground and they're the ones that endure the most pressure and that's when i started thinking what if you know and that's why i dedicated the book to those who dare to ask what if because too often we use what if for the negative oh no what if this happens what if that happens yes that could happen too but how about we use the what if for something good so what if i was being pressed down because there was something precious precious inside of me that needed to come out and that's where we are so now you are a true diamond. That's true. You know, I think it's in a constant evolution, right? And I think we're constantly forming. And so I, I like to see what's coming through, but I don't want to limit myself to say this is this is it. Well, of course not, because you've got so much more, you know, to your life and to your experiences and your creativity. Absolutely. And so why not? Yeah. Just run, run with it. <laughs> Everyone, you know, until we're like, as long as we're breathing, we have a chance to, to, you know, look inside and to pull out what's inside of us. There is, you know, there's no end to that. It's never too late. You know, I like what you said about uh, the negativity being a catalyst to creativity and looking at it as a creative process even though it's very negative. And I think that's very cool because, you know, sometimes when you're going through all this angst or or trouble and it doesn't make you feel very good, you're just concentrating on how negative it is instead of going, hey, this is really kind of creative, even though it, it feels kind of not good. Well, nothing that's worth it feels good. I mean, when you're trying to lose weight, it doesn't feel good, you know, restricting your diet or exercising, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think that when you let go of what you can control and you focus on what you can control, then you're you're on to something. I like to say it builds character. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I find the most boring people, the ones who have such an easy life, at least on the surface or, you know, what they don't want to admit. And I think that, you know, we we're hardwired to hear stories and stories without conflict just don't stand. You know, that's so true. And you, you made me think of something I recently read about how your soul chooses the life that you have. And these troubles that you go through are really lessons and a way to form your character, your soul and your evolution. And I really I think that that's really an important thing to keep in mind when you're going through, you know, kind of crummy times. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. Your creative journey through life that you've been discussing here, which really appreciate your candidness. Um, At least this is how we see it. It led you to publishing a book. Lost and Found in Italy. That, that's a very cool title. Yes, it uh, is. Very cool title. Thanks. Uh, by the way, we've been uh, reading, mostly Inji has been reading it. Yeah, I'm I've loving been, it. And she's been loving it. <laughs> and uh, I've been admiring the art, beautiful artworks inside. Um, not to mention the real life stories, the stories that you share in there, including your own, your own personal yes. life story is really quite interesting. Yeah, I tell mean, about, you know, you, you tell us about this book. <laughs> yeah, so Lost and Found in Italy um, is a lot of things to me. It's multisensorial. So it's the first ever book to have a curated Spotify playlist. So there are over six hours of music. 
because as I was editing each story, songs from my life journey, uh, Italian songs would come to mind. And it was really interesting because they would come alive and almost like a movie uh, to accompany each pro- uh, protagonist's events. And, and, you know, and so I thought, why not put their stories to these songs? So I envisioned this book to me to be this multi-sensorial journey where music, art, and words would come together to immerse the reader in a new world. And each story takes you to a different region and is accompanied by practical must-sees by legendary Perillo tours. But it's not a travel book. It's not about the art. And it's not about the music, at least not only. It's a book. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about it, it's a book of courage, liberation, personal growth, And most importantly, the supernatural reward that comes when you give your dreams a chance at starting a new life. In this case, in Italy, but it doesn't have to be. I like that. Wow. I I love that. The supernatural uh, blessings that you receive yeah, yeah, when when you are pursuing your life path like you're supposed to. Yeah. So good. So good. So, okay, I'm thinking of the book because I've been reading it. And what was your very first emotion you experienced when you held your published book, the published printed book in your hands for the first time? Hmm. Well, as soon as I got over the trembling, the tears and, you know, all that basic visceral, you know, all those basic visceral visceral responses that you would expect to have, you know, (laughs) from holding your first book, um, I thought, and this is the honest to God truth, I thought, Oh, there's a typo. Oh, look, there's another one. Oh, no. oh look, I left some important information. I want a new cover. And, you know, and so I go back to uh, let go of what you can't control, but fix what you can. And so I thought, well, what can I do about this? So I can sit and cry or, or be anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Or I could um, make a new cover. I can fix those. Um, I can, you know, work with my publisher. I can fix those mistakes. I can add in uh, any information that I wanted to add. Right. And uh, that will be for the, you know, a second edition for the world release. And then for the Italian, you know, we'll just have to leave it as is. And my publisher said, yeah, let's, let's do that. And I contacted um, an amazing photographer in New York. His name is Clay Banks. And he gave us the rights to that amazing cover of the woman in Tuscany. And um, now the publisher is working on the Italian version. So it's almost like a whole new book because it's an Italian book. But um, yeah, it was that mix of this is amazing. I'm crying. I can't believe this is happening to, uh, what is this? <laughs> you know, the, there's an, highs and the lows, right? An old adage, <laughs> exactly. There's an old adage about a piece of art is never finished. And that's never. usually because the artist <laughs> right, right. leaves it for a while, then goes back and looks at it yes. and then starts chastising he or she. That's true. Uh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, unless you point it out unless you actually yes. point yeah, it out people to aren't someone gonna notice they'll it, never bet. notice it in a million years and then well, I, suppose, I mean people are not looking at what you're looking at right no, no. it's like being it. in a marathon with five thousand people and thinking that everyone's looking at you it's not necessarily the case because you know fifty thousand words i'm sure they're not looking at that one but in my mind they're all looking at that one and that's just well, it's your brutal. sense of pride too you know True. you have a lot of pride and uh your heart and soul went into this book and it's obvious. I think yeah, it's you can tell obvious. when you read it, it, it has a lot of soulfulness and a lot of heart in it. So I could, I could see where you're coming from, Giovanna. Yeah. I guess at yeah. this point, it's fair for me to ask, were you always a writer? I mean, what a question. I mean, <laughs> writers like artists, like singers, like doctors uh, are born. And for me, writing is my vocation. My mother tells everyone all the time, everyone, all the time, all the time. Giovanna was born with a pen in her hand. She was born with a pen in her hand. And maybe it's because I was so bullied and I didn't have any friends, but I, and I lived in my own world. And for me, uh, every time I put a pen in my hand, I entered a new world. And so vocation doesn't mean that you are the best. It doesn't even mean that you're talented. It means you have a calling. And then that talent is developed day after day. And the more you put yourself out there, the more you grow and, and it's never ending, you know, uh, sometimes it's a struggle and you make mistakes, but then you learn from it. And um, I think Hemingway expressed this whole writing process best when he said there is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter 
and bleed. Yeah, bleed. Because that's bleed. what you do. <laughs> yeah, bleed. You bleed. Yeah. Uh, you bleed. The, the one thing you just mentioned, though, about being bullied or isolated uh, is that you went to writing. Writing was gave you your, some solacement. Right. And if you think about some really great uh, poets, mm-hmm. poetesses, like... Poetesses. Yeah, poetesses. Like um, they were lived very insular lives and turned out some incredible poetry just because they were uh, sequestered. Either they did it to themselves or their families did it to them. So the only way they could really express themselves was through writing. So it appears to me that that's something that you achieved uh, personally for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, this is 15 years in the making. The book came out of lockdown, but I I had um, in the course of these 15 years from the first time I came to Italy uh, after leaving a very destructive relationship, I came here on my own to, you know, to to gain some courage because I had lost who I was at a certain point. I couldn't even cross the street. So coming to Italy was really about um, getting, you know, being able to to (laughs) cross the street. and. which, you know, judging so, from the streets in Italy, you were, in some cases, <laughs> taking your life <laughs> in your, your hands. hands. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'd say sometimes you need to do extreme things. And, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. anyway, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, and as, uh, as I'm reading the book and thoroughly enjoying it, I, I love the way that it brings true life stories where people made significant changes to their lives. Um but for you, Giovanna, what what was the discovery you made when you were interviewing and writing about these people and how did it Im- impact your life? You know, I wanted to bring to life different stories, mm-hmm. uh, not just stories of women in Italy living La Vida Loca, because that's just not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring to life different stories of women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s yeah. from all over the world, you know, who rose above the shadows of frenetic and tired and sometimes even an abusive life to be living the poetic life that they live now in Italy. So understanding how they went, like that's why... Uh, you know, um, true stories that prove your nuova vita waits you on the other side of your breaking point. That's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to go from the breaking point to the poetic life. And by moving here and challenging their limits, not only did they discover the treasures of Italy and the awesome food, but they discovered the treasures hidden inside themselves. And as I was reading, mm-hmm. every person to me was like, you know, those matryoshka dolls, those Russian dolls. Oh yes, you know. Where, where, where treasures are placed one inside of another. That's the way I saw it. And and that treasure is potential. And inside potential is a unique gift. And inside the unique gift is a blessing. And that blessing is for the self. And inside that blessing that helps the self is the one that could be uh, the blessing that you unleash into the world. And that's what I discovered as I was... um, editing and putting this book together. It seems to me that because you had to interview each one of these people, um, it must have created a little bit of angst for yourself or did it bring some flashbacks or, oh, I've been there, I've done that, I empathize with you, I know where, I know how you must feel. Mm-hmm. Did you have the, that experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I really didn't think of it that way. I had... Um, it was, you know, we're all coming from the same spot. We're all here. So we all kind of feel the same way about a lot of things. But I know that each person has a unique story. And I, um, for me, this was a divine vision that I had. And even every single person that I chose, I know Linda said it's because of her art. And although she's talented and I love her art, it's not the reason why I chose her. It's because I saw something in her eyes, like I saw in the eyes of the four other women including her, that I knew that there was a story inside of them. And that's the story that I wanted. And those are the stories that came out. So the backdrop and the moving is something we all share. And that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But what I really wanted to get to was their why and their, and their you know, breaking point. That's not something that I can identify with because each one of these women are different from me, different in beliefs, yeah. different in ages, different politically, different in every single way, not any way close to me. In, in personality wise, but that's the reason why I wanted to know more about their story. And you can read how different their stories are. But there is a common thread. 
yeah, the common thread is Italy and how you find that poetic life, right? Because I think that's when you come here and you're naturally inspired and it's those hidden treasures that come out for me is the hidden is the is the common thread but it's those hidden treasures you know and how we're uniquely contributing to the country that um that was really interesting for me well as a follow-up to that i have to ask the book that you created along with your contributing artists <laughs> uh it's becoming a bestseller on amazon congratulations yes congratulations it's gonna be a big hit um, Thank you. You're very fortunate, but then again, you deserve it because you put a lot of Every bit effort of it. into it. Um, do you plan on, <laughs> I know everybody says, do you have a second book in you? They used to ask that to Truman Capote. He had one big hit. Uh, After that, they go, <laughs> do you, is there a second book coming anytime soon or are you just going to hang on the talk show circuit? What are you going to do? Well, listen, are you going to hang on the talk well, show circuit or are you going to no, write another no, book? No, no, no. Listen, writing, like I said, is a vocation, but writing is also a service. So when you write, you write to serve. And I've not been writing for 20 years because there is a certain point where your experiences need to meet um, a reflection, need to meet the lesson learned. And until you've learned that lesson, you shouldn't, at least for me, you shouldn't be uh, just talking about what you went through, but trying to help the reader um, get through what they're going through. And um, if, if, you know, they can identify with you. So now I feel is, you know, I, I am going to write and I'm going to continue to write. And in fact, volume two is underway and it will be uh, released in fall 2021 in time for Christmas. Hooray. And Hooray. That's so so wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. It won't be a stocking stuffer because it's too big, (laughs) but you can lay it next to the stocking. (laughs) Exactly. You can under the tree. Yeah. So it'll be a a continuation of my chapter on serendipity. And the really cool thing with this is that not only they're going to see how, um, you know, I um, saw a celebrity on television and married him and how, you know, that uh, that whole crazy situation came to be. But my vision for this was that I would team up with a mind coach in order to provide practical steps in order to create serendipity in your own life. Mm-hmm. And this, what's really remarkable here, and this is what I want everyone to come away, if they just come away with one thing, is when you have the clarity of thought of what you want to do, mm-hmm. God, for me, it's God, you can call it the universe, you can call it Buddha, whatever you want. They're going to bring you the right people. And so I said, I want a mind coach to help me with the next book, who's going to provide the practical steps that I can't provide. And so I joined a group um, of uh, mind coaches, and there are 100,000 people in this group on Facebook. And I had just posted something about, you know, taking chances or whatever. And this this girl, you know, responded, and she says, oh, it's so great that you're living in Italy. And I just loved her energy. And I sent her a friend request. And a few days later, she comes back and she says, but are you Giovanna from Niagara? Because remember, we did an event together in oh. 1997. And oh, you wow. won't believe this. You will not believe this. We um, had met 23 years ago at a multicultural event that we were each representing each other's regions. And I was such a loner. So I didn't have I wasn't friends with any of the other people. But there was just this one girl who I could connect with. Mm-hmm. And we had the, and she had taken this picture of us together and um, she sent it to me. She says, do you remember this picture? And I said, wow, that's amazing. Do you want to be part of my next book? That's such a wonderful story. Yeah, and it's all about serendipity, right? And, well, so that and, and it, fate. Even and the collaborators. Linda will be in the next one for sure, too, with her amazing art. And I want to feature more of her art and get a little bit more edgy. Um, but it's it's all serendipitous. There is just this beautiful energy that comes when you put yourself out there and when you get really clear on what you want to do. Yeah, fate, and then you're also manifesting. Manifesting. Yes. Manifesting. Yeah. 
I like your new. I like, I like manifesting <laughs> better. Up, I like, make up my own words. You're gonna go. make it up as you go along, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why. I like, that's why I like podcasting so much because okay. I can Those pontificate. Awesome. I can pontificate and create my own vocabulary. <laughs> and then I'm gonna try do doing it. it in Italian, which will make it even more oh. interesting. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. I mean, my parents do it all the time. They create their own words in <laughs> Italian and English. I mean, go for it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So now tell us the story about how you found your publisher. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So this is a little bit embarrassing. So I had the vision. I knew what I wanted to do. I reached out to these and they all said yes to me somehow and answered the questions. And I had edited the book. And then I said, OK, so I said I'm going to publish this book. I have no idea how to publish a book, but I just knew that it would be published. And uh, I said, worst case scenario, I'll self-publish. But I, I don't know how to do that either. But I want to find a publisher. So I went on LinkedIn and I said, oh, I'm working on this book. And I would, you know, if there's a publisher interested, you know, feel free to reach out. And I was feeling really positive about it. And then someone immediately got back to me, you know, publicly, not even in a private message and said, you know, um, it's really nice that you, you wrote a book, but this is not the way you're going to get a publisher. It just doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. And this per- person is not even a publisher. And I just felt so um, convicted, so embarrassed in that moment that I, I deleted the post, right? And understandably, yeah. I mean, the post was up for, you know, not even a few hours and I just let it go. And I thought, wow, I silly because I've done quite a bit in my life. And at that moment, I felt, I felt, I felt stupid. And um, a few days later, I get an email from this publisher uh, and saying, I want to know more about your book. Can you send me the manuscript? And I got the publishing deal. Excellent. Oh, that's a, that's That's a good story. Yes. That's such a good story. Obviously it was meant to be. I want to jump into this one question that I like to always ask people. What do you consider to be the most gratifying thing you've done in your life? Mm. Wow. I know that's a toughie. Um, <clears throat> wow. So if I'm going to think the most gratifying thing, gratifying thing would be when I was 29 years old and I was pregnant with my first child and I looked my obstetrician in the eye and said that I didn't want any birth plan. The only thing... I wanted on my birth plan it was um, no epidural and that I would be laughing through labor. And he, you know, he's a giant, he's a giant of a man. And he looked at me smiling and he said, uh, Giovanni, you're only saying that because you've never given birth before. <laughs> yeah. And I said, no, I'm only saying that because I had a vision of this is how it's going to be. And it will be. And to this day, and 12 years have passed, and they still talk about the girl who laughed through labor. Ah. Oh, my goodness. That's a book in itself. That is. So that, to me, is, is you know, the greatest accomplishment and, you know, always putting my children first and giving them, you know, their life is a living example that dreams mm-hmm. come true, but that dreams don't come out of the sky, but they come with trials, they come with making mistakes but they come with having a vision. And when you stick to that vision, you know, dreams do come true your and everything children, is perfectly Your timed. children are very lucky. They have a, a really good mom. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, that. definitely. Okay. So judging from what I have read in your book, Lost and Found in Italy, it looks like you had a formidable task orchestrating all of the parties involved until you had a finished book. How challenging was that? It's, terrifying and challenging yeah, i mean yeah. it's 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 not it's not fun let's say um you know i had uh, uh it felt like i had whiplash by the end of it because i was always at the computer so um mm-hmm. constantly working at it uh, morning and night and you know being a mom and everything else it, it was very hard um, putting it all together uh, making sure that it made sense. It was it was uh, an uphill battle, but mm-hmm. I, I I could see the finish line and it got me through. Definitely yeah. not easy though. Well, the outcome was fantastic. So well Thank worth you. the effort. I know, I know Angie and I, from our own experience, um, that you must be really comfortable in your own originality. Um, 
I like to think that we are and we feel that we are. Yeah. When you actually have your own creative thoughts inside when nobody else can see or hear, <laughs> mm-hmm. what are those creative thoughts like? Are they upbeat? Uh, I suspect they're very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, not always. I mean, there are thoughts, right? And so creative thoughts come in all types of energy, but it usually comes in the middle of the night and I, I'm flooded flooded with create and creative thoughts and Tony my husband knows that I'm always writing during the night or you know I always have my phone close by so I can take notes um but um what I realize is that before I know Linda says it's always good to say yes and I agree with her to a certain extent but now I say no to almost every creative thought because unless that thought is going to serve as a writer, if I can serve someone, then I'm going to pursue it. So I look at those thoughts and then uh, make a decision which one to pursue based on uh, how it will or if it will serve someone. You know, I uh, I always have creative thoughts at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, I think half of the creative world is up at three in their particular time zone. I think zone. you're right. I think you're right. And um, what I've noticed is I read one where someplace, if it's a really good thought, you'll remember it the next day. So I tried that. And actually, for the most part, it does work. The crummy, but then again, you forget the crummy ones anyway, so you don't know if they're good or bad. (laughs) It's true. Uh, It's true. It's true. It's true. And, you know, and there's never, there's always that thought that got away, but it, believe me, it probably wasn't that great. I mean, if it got away, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, but we tend to pine over them. Yeah, exactly. And then for some reason, they come back at exactly the right time. I mean, they pop into your exactly. head a week later, exactly. 10 days later, sometimes yeah. a year later. And they go, God, I exactly. remember when I had this thought and I wanted to incorporate it in something I was doing at yeah. the time. But now it's a much better situation <laughs> for that cool, cool thought. Well, well true. Or you look back and I look back at all these thoughts and I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah, no, <laughs> Those are terrible. Or that, yeah. That's <laughs> or, why, yeah. or that. Or that. I mean, or that. Yeah. That's why Hinge and I own so many URLs that are going to go absolutely oh, yeah. nowhere. You have a great brainstorm and you go register it and you're like, oh my you get so gosh. Excited. A week later, you're like, why did I do that? That's not cool. Well, I, I was really excited for one day about something called because I said, kids, get your pajamas on. And I said to my husband, pajamas on. We got to start the next Amazon of pajamas. <laughs> and I was so excited. And then a few weeks later, like, what was I thinking? How did I even? And yes. That's actually a cute on. name. I like it. <laughs> you better. I hope you registered. Do you have the URL? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whoever, whoever wants to follow through with that, I want some equity. Exactly. <laughs> well, you'll know it if somebody picks it up off we'll this know, podcast. We'll know. We'll know. Right. Exactly. We know. We're... <laughs> so true. Okay, so I'm going to go back to talking more on the spiritual side. And we know our discussions with you, you're very spiritual. Has that always been a part of your life? Um. Well, I grew up, you know, I was born Catholic, but that doesn't mean that you know what that means. And so mm-hmm. I think I've always had this this gift of discernment. Again, I didn't know that it was a gift and I didn't know that it was called discernment until a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is just kind of this ability to see things that um, other people can't see, not in terms of ghosts or anything, but I mean, in terms of um, possibilities and being able to read people in a certain way or situations and um, just knowing which way to go and which way not to go. And so I've always known a God uh, was behind this. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know him. I didn't know I could speak to God and that he speaks back. So uh, I didn't have a relationship with God until, you know, and I, so that, but I had the desire to, to know him. Mm-hmm. And so this brought me into um, some pretty murky, murky places in my life. So I went into different religions and even different new age practices, but uh, he didn't show up there. So I was very, very depressed. No, I I don't want to use depressed because that's clinical, but I, I, let's just say I wasn't, I wasn't um, in a good place. And it was just when I had given up my search on God, that uh, a saint, an Italian saint came through and my life changed. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. That sounds really inspiring. Oh, my goodness. That's so wonderful when you can have that kind of um, speaking uh, happen to you so directly. So very cool. Yeah. 
It's it's not it's 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 a hard thing. It's a it's a hard pill to swallow because in the moment where um, faith entered my life in a very unexpected and you know big way, um, I didn't feel comfortable talking about faith at all. It was definitely not cool. Definitely not. Uh, but. When when you have this invasion, and for me as the Holy Spirit, you have to share it. Oh yeah, you definitely do at that point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You don't compel anyone, but you have to share your truth. Your truth needs to be shared. It doesn't mean people have to agree with it, and it certainly doesn't mean you need to convince anyone of it. But mm-hmm. you do need to stand behind your own truth. You you actually answered the question that I was probably going to ask, and you covered it so. Uh, passionately and so brilliantly yeah. i'm going to skip that one why don't you, why don't you... Oh, okay i'll ask my question <laughs> then okay i'll ask my question. question no uh okay that's because you spent so much time correcting my enunciation oh well you know just trying to my helpful service i'm sorry okay all right so giovanna if you were to give advice to someone who wants to become more in tune with their purpose in life what would that be Oh, man, I have a big opinion on that. Stay away from forums with people who share the same dream as you because they may share the same outcome, but they are not you. So and what I realize that many people will discourage you because they don't want you to get there before them. Exactly. Don't tell the world your plans. Don't ask for opinions on your dreams. Get comfortable with yourself and leap. And I always say you may get bruised in the process those bruises become your unique story to tell and no one else's, no one else's. Yeah. If you ask somebody for an opinion, you're going to get it. And people are obligated to give you opinion. And a lot of times they feel like they're obligated to be critical Mm -hmm. with their opinion. And I agree with you. We agree with you. It's best just to keep your mouth shut and follow your own dream and keep uh, close counsel to yourself on that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you and if you're going to fall on your face, you you uh, you will and you get to tell that story. But don't try to get everyone's approval because you'll never get it. You know what I think? I think that's probably one of the best things that has come out of this podcast. I mean, you said a lot of wonderful things, but that's something that I think all of our listeners can really understand and sink their teeth to into. You didn't correct me on that. Um, what do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Oh, you mean aside from laughing through labor? And <laughs> let me see. Um, that, is a, that is a big accomplishment. I just, you know, going back to being a good example for my kids and showing them that they exist because I believe that dreams exist. And if I didn't, they wouldn't be here. That's a really good. Uh, yeah. I like that. I thought. like that a lot. So good. Um, you are multi-talented in so many ways. Is there something else on the horizon for you? Um, You know, in 2014, I wrote um, uh, my first screenplay with an American Academy Award winner. Again, that was something so crazy that if I had asked anyone if I should contact someone in Hollywood for my idea being nobody, they would say I was crazy, but I did and we did. So my dream uh, would be to turn some of the stories that have changed my life into a docu-series or into a film to inspire others. Great. So that's what I would like to see and and more books, obviously. Where do you see yourself in five years then? Wherever God wants me, but hopefully just serving hope to millions around the world. That's all I want to do. That sounds really good. I I think that when you can serve people, then you have a a really nice synergy going on with uh, God, the universe, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you a question we've been asking all of our podcast guests. If you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? Yeah, I, I hear that you guys ask this question yes. a lot, and it's not an easy question to answer, and no. sometimes you'll run into cliches, but yeah, I'm going to say, and it's going to be obvious to whoever knows me, but Jesus, because I want to know why he sent St. Padre Pio to me when he did. I want to know where my old heart went, because my heart has been radically changed, mm-hmm. and um, I want to know why he chose me to be a voice for him when there are so many others more capable. And I think that if something makes you cry, mm-hmm. it's it's touching you it's deep your inside. Truth. It's yeah. your truth. 
Well, and so I think that if you're going to answer this question, you need to answer it from a place so deep that it's embarrassing. And, and that's where I am. We think you answered it most yeah, beautifully. Prep. Very heartfelt. I would have to say that's one of the best answers we've received. I know. it. We've had one other uh, very similar to that that was exceptional. That was early on. Right. Um but really, Giovanni, you're so very open and, and kind and a candid person and genuine when it comes to your personal journey. And I and I love the, the you gave the best park bench answer so far, I think, really, because it was so heartfelt. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're never thinking about you answer any question ever. You just need to say it from a point of truth. And just let it go. And people are going to receive it the way they're going to receive it. I, I, you know, I, I really agree with Angie in the way she responded to what you just said. If there's one thing that we've learned is to have faith plus to have trust in yourself. Uh, yes. That seems to make your dreams come true. But yeah. the faith part is pivotal. Without that, yeah. you're lost. So true. So true. Absolutely. And that's a personal thing. It's personal. It is entirely personal. And, um, yeah, but that's, that's what your journey and your purpose in life is about is if you, if it's yeah. not personal, then it's not you. No, absolutely. Exactly. Right on. Okay. So I just want everyone to know if you'd like to know more about Giovanna and her book lost and found in Italy, we will have links to the book in the show notes and also under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com so everyone can learn more about her and connect with her on social media. Thank you so much for having me. This was an incredible first podcast experience for me and I'll never forget it. Thank you, you so much. You, you were and absolutely you did such a wonderful, uh, wonderful interview. You're, you're a well-grounded person and, uh, and very passionate about your life. And we hope that our listeners pick up on that. I'm sure they will. They can't help. But oh, pick up we should on all it. be. Yeah. It's an incredible gift to be here and we should just all be grateful. And, and that gratitude brings a lot of uh, excitement to be alive. Okay, well, thank you, Giovanna, so much for being on our podcast. You are absolutely great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband, Rod, and I, wishing everyone a great day. 